You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Sandy Almendaris, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy, and on the phone, I've got Jen Johansson, who is the Vice President of Quality, Regulatory, and Government Affairs at Cyanotech Corp. Hi, Jen. Hi. Or I should Thanks say so aloha. Joining... Oh, aloha, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Jen will be speaking about good laboratory practices at our Supply Side West workshop. Trust in Testing, Contract Labs for Safe, Compliant Supplements. This is on Thursday, October 17th at 2 to 4 p.m. And in this podcast, we are going to give a bit of a preview of what Jen will be speaking on. So Jen has 15 years of experience in quality and regulatory, and she's a member of the Regulatory Affairs Professional Society, is an American Society of Quality Certified HACCP Auditor, and she is a Preventive Controls Qualified Individual, which is known as a PCQI. Uh, Jen is the chairwoman of the Hawaii State Chapter of the UNPA, the United Natural Products Alliance, and she's on the Kona Kahala Chamber of Commerce Economic Development Committee and the Sustainability Committee. Jen attended the University of Oregon on a full athletic scholarship for basketball and obtained her degree in psychology with a minor in organic chemistry. Now, I definitely want to talk all about her basketball career, but um, that'll be for a, a different podcast. Um, right now, we're going to stick to, to the lab. Um, so, Jen, what are good laboratory practices, and are they required by law for supplement brands in the United States? Well, Sandy, GLPs are basically a set of testing principles and guidelines for laboratories, encompassing their personnel, facilities, test methods, procedures, reference standards, and also they're really a part of a larger quality system for laboratory controls, ultimately to ensure that your test results are reliable and consistent. And with regards to dietary supplements, there are aspects of good laboratory practices that are outlined uh, in the 21 CFR Code of Federal Regulations for dietary supplements. So there are aspects of GLPs that are law, Those include uh, aspects in subpart J, must have written procedures for test methods, and in uh, 21 CFR 111.3.5, it sounds like a radio station, I know, uh, you're supposed to be purchasing reference standards from reputable companies and making sure that they have C of A's and aspects like that. So the other part of the Code of Federal Regulations that outline aspects of the GLPs are also in setting specifications. So you have to make sure that you establish those for your products for a variety of quality parameters, including identity, purity, strength, and composition. So you said that not like so there's not all parts of GLPs are required by law. Um, those other parts, do you still recommend, are those parts still important? Do you still recommend that the contract labs follow those? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and what we do at the company that I work for basically set up a an entire vendor approval um, process and procedure 
that goes through, you know, looking at the credentials of the personnel, you know, finding out does the person that's conducting my microbial testing have a degree in microbiology? And is their leadership, you know, they have PhDs that are there to validate their methods internally. So all of those aspects are part of GLPs that you can capture in, in different ways, and it's highly recommended to do so, especially when you're looking at product release testing for your dietary supplement, like a pathogen. You want to make sure that that micro lab is um, top-notch and giving you very reliable answers and, and results. So how can a supplement brand know what to test for and what specifications to set for its product if, if they themselves don't have this contract lab or laboratory expertise in-house? Yeah, good question. I like to start with a, a risk assessment through a HACCP, a Hazard Analysis of Critical Control Points, through the process flow. So whenever we're looking at a new product with different ingredients, the first thing that I look at is that flow chart because that not only gives you the origin of your ingredient, it gives you all the steps through the process that could inadvertently uh, add a, a, um, an adulterant or a contaminant, like if the ingredient is actually extracted, are they using a chemical extraction like ethanol? So you're going to want to test for the residual solvent in the finished good. So that's where I, that's where I would start. And you know, and going back to that piece on origin, you know, in the early 2000s, if you got a product that came from China, you might want to check for melamine. You know, so you'll you'll want to pay attention to FDA's adverse event reportings and recalls because the ingredient that you're using may have had a history. So it's a great reference to identify what you need to be looking for. And also monographs, they can be your best friend. And a monograph, basically um, an outline like of, of the characteristics of an ingredient, the contaminants. And these are uh, one of the best monographs are the USP, United States Pharmacopeia standards. So if you can have that reference point, it's a great resource to start out with because they use experts committees to study the safety they review adverse event reportings, and then they'll give it a, a lettering grade on the, the safety and also outline very specifically the contaminants, the purity, uh, strength, composition measures that you should be testing for. Great resource. You work with contract labs um, I'm probably daily, if not very often. Um, so what, what concerns arise that others might not expect? Yeah, so that's a, a great question. And the, my first part to that is the, the staff. Who are the people that are overseeing and conducting the testing? I mentioned that earlier, but it's really important so to have um, really qualified people. And that's what you can do up front when you're doing your contract lab approval and assessment. We like to use a, an actual like three-point rating scale so you can take some of your qualitative aspects out and actually do a count. So it's a good way to assess the people. Some of the other concerns that you might have and that I've had experience with are product matrix interference. So that's when an ingredient, um, I'll take, give you an example of a, a dark red oil. So if you're going to be testing for rancidity, you would go to a peroxide value, which actually use, uses a color metric aspect to it to give your results. So sometimes that dark color may interfere with, with that type of testing. So you're going to need to understand that, 
Hopefully the lab that you're working for is telling you, hey, there's an interference. We may need to go to a different type of test, um, you know, an acid value or even organoleptic odor or, you know, kind of flavor assessments. And then some of the other things, detection limit, always important. While you may, um, you know, for gluten, I'll give you that example. FDA's uh, limit is 20 parts per million of gluten, and you can say it's gluten-free. But if you're going for like a third-party, uh, you know, certification through like gluten intolerance group, they they want to have it even lower in case people are sensitive. So you have to shoot for 10 parts per million. So knowing that, if you're going to go for the certification, you want to make sure that the lab you're using or the test method can reach down to that detection limit. Because you may think, hey, I got a you know a, a non-detected result from here, but you know what, their detection limit isn't what it should be. And I guess lastly, um, what I've run into is the precision of a method. Well, you might be looking at contaminants, um, like an LC, um, liquid chromatography mass spec, may not get down to the detail or the precision that you want to see in your test result. You may have to go with something like a more advanced um, HPLC, high-performance liquid chromatography system. Because sometimes you can get a compound or a molecule that's very similar to the one that you're looking at, and it can be combined in the actual test result. So you could be looking at an artificially inflated or higher test result, and you don't really want that when you're looking at contaminants. So the type of method that you're choosing and the precision of it is really important as well. So besides for a top quality personnel, what are some things that you look for in a contract lab partner? Yeah, so outside of that, you know, it goes back into, into trust in the results and the owner or the management of a lab, but also the consistency of turnaround times. I, I say that specifically for product release testing. Um, if you're expecting your results and your, you know, your entire supply chain and your customer is expecting a shipment of your product, and it all goes back to, you know, there's, they're kind of a joke that I have within my um, organization. It's like, we're waiting on the C of A. And I'm like, okay, you might be, but we don't want that. You know, we want to make sure that the people that we're using do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. And they give us a reliable, consistent, and timely result. So, um, that's really important, and also is expertise. If you're um, looking at, so my company grows microalgae, and if we want to do um, an identity test all the way down to DNA, you're going to need to make sure that you're working with a group that has a, you know, like some labs have botanical libraries. You need to have a lab or a group that has algae reference standards. So. Uh, expertise, and then the um, familiarity with the type of testing that they're doing also. So just depends on what you're looking at. So how often do you, in, in, in what you do every day, or do you suggest that other supplement brands reconsider their contract lab partnerships? I and mean, I'm thinking about the personnel that we keep talking about. I mean, there could be turnover there that you might not necessarily know, and, and you know, swapping some key people could really Know, be detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're totally right. If if a PhD in a you know a micros lab or something or a cyanobacteria toxin lab is all of a sudden gone, they don't have any uh, reference or expertise to 
to know the nuances of the testing, you might want to reconsider. And we actually do that, and you might not know, so you need to check in. We do an annual review. So we will go through and we will have a checklist similar to when we're approving them. We will check to see if staff has turned over. We ask for their current registrations. Some of them are ISO certified. Some of them are USDA certified, Department of Health certified. We make sure that we have um, current certifications because they maybe something happened in an audit and you, that we find out that they're not taking care of their facilities any longer in a micros lab and it's dirty, they have food in there, or you know, they could be uh, you know, messing up your results and giving you false positives. And also some of their you know, equipment, like I was talking about detection limits or method precision, there's always new advances in science and um, testing. So you want to make sure that they're moving forward and giving you the best results. So they need to be investing in their company and their equipment and their people. Yeah, but I think um, ultimately, you know, it's uh, it's just uh, keeping in good relation and and knowing who your partners are. Great. Well, it's it's clear that you've got a lot of insight here, and and um, listening to you talk, I feel smarter about the subject, even though it's very technical. So I you can translate it very well. So I appreciate that. Great. I'm glad to be of service and and education. I really appreciate your time and uh, your trust in me. Absolutely. And for those who want to hear more from Jen, she is speaking on our Supply Side West panel, Trust in Testing, Contract Labs for Safe Compliant Supplements, and that's on Thursday, October 17th at 2 p.m. Thanks again for joining us, Jen. Thank you. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast is brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.